And now we're going to hear a piece of music that tells a very definite story. A story with dancing hippos, Pegasus babies, and our favorite magical mouse. Once upon a time, I fell in love with magic. And once upon a time, I fell in love with movies. And one day, we fell in love with each other. From family movie nights to family vacations. We believe everyone needs a bit of magic in their life. So we decided to watch through the entire Disney animated canon. And mix in some other magical movies along the way, like Harry Potter, Pixar, and some other family favorites. Each episode, we'll talk about the movies in the order they came out, and talk about what makes them so magical including how you can experience the movie's magic on your next vacation. And we'd love to have you along for the ride. I'm Krista. And I'm Jonathan. And this is the Magical Movie Marathon. All right, here we are. Movie number three, Fantasia. This was a groundbreaking movie in a lot of ways. Yeah, it was. And we're going to talk about that with, you guessed it, some, some trivia. trivia. <laughs> that is 12 years of marriage friends right there. Yep. No rehearsal. Truly. All right. So first bit of trivia for Fantasia is that at 125 minutes long, Fantasia is still the longest Disney animated feature and film. And it took us two days as a family to watch. <laughs> yeah, it even <laughs> has an intermission in the middle to give the audience a break. And yes, we took advantage we of did. that little intermission yeah. as a breaking point. Yep. So the sorcerer in the Sorcerer's Apprentice segment was secretly modeled on Walt Disney himself. This is especially given away by the fact or by the way, I should say that he raises his eyebrow in displeasure at Mickey towards the end of the segment. Now, that's something that Disney was known to do to the animators if he thought that their work wasn't quite up to par that day. Hey, I mean, I'd rather him raise an eyebrow than do something like yell at the animators or something. So that's yeah. Fine. So even apparently like his form and, and the way that he walks was modeled after good old Walt. Uh, so in fact, the animators called the character of the sorcerer Yen Sid which is just Disney spelled backwards. So, yeah, they weren't trying too hard to sure. hide the fact. Um, but uh, even bigger than that, of course, this is the first appearance of Mickey Mouse in a feature film. I love that so much. And what an iconic Mickey this is. Yeah, absolutely. And then I thought this was really fun personally, but Bella Lugosi... The actor who is most famous for playing Count Dracula in the classic horror film Dracula, he was actually brought in to pose and model for the character of Chernabog hmm. in the Night on Bald Mountain <laughs> sequence. Okay. Yeah, just pretty cool and on brand for yeah, him. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, the final Ave Maria sequence faced several challenges during the filming, and the finished version was shipped to the premiere in New York only four hours before the showing time. That would stress me out. Yeah, they were literally splicing it no. into the reel while preparing that everything for crazy. the premiere. Yeah, 
It's insane. And then finally, Fantasia was given two honorary Academy Awards. One of those was given to conductor Leopold Stokowski for his role in the production. And then the other one was given uh, to the Disney team for advancements in the use of sound in movies. Uh, now, this time, the awards were certificates instead of the actual Oscar statuettes. I guess they figured the last time they gave Disney an honorary statuette, they he gave got him. Some yeah, he got eight <laughs> total. So yeah. I guess they were like, here, this time you get a yeah. piece of paper. And now a history lesson. Hooray! So this really seems unbelievable in retrospect. But in 1936, Mickey Mouse's popularity had gone down quite a bit. I cannot believe that. I know I can't. I mean, Poor Mickey. It's Mickey, yeah, guys. Right. So his good friend Walt wanted to help him out because he's a good friend. Obviously. Of course he is. Yeah. To our best pals. Yep. So Mickey got a little bit of a makeover in the years leading up to Fantasia. And then Walt came up with this idea of producing a new Silly Symphonies short film for Mickey to star in. But Walt thought it would be great if it had a higher level of artistry than what typical silly symphonies were known for. And he also wanted to use the music for the Sorcerer's Apprentice, which had been written by Paul Dukas. So in July 1937, Walt got the rights for that music. And then he had a chance meeting at a restaurant in L.A. with famous conductor Leopold Sikowski. And Walt shared with Stokowski about his idea for the short. Stokowski loved the idea and he said, hey, I would be happy to conduct the orchestra for free. That is some commitment. Yeah, yeah. He really won him over, obviously. Yeah. So and what's crazy is it just doesn't even sound like Walt was trying to convince him. They no. were just talking about, hey, this is what I'm working on right now. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it was something he definitely believed in the project that Walt wanted and the vision that he had. Yeah. So because the production costs had gotten so high for the Sorcerer's Apprentice, Disney decided, well, hey, why not just spend more money and make an entire movie of shorts set to classical music? <laughs> you know, that sounds illogical at first, but it's because the movie could make back more money as a feature than it could as a standalone short. So from a business perspective, it, yeah. it made sense. Sure. And so Fantasia was born, though originally it was going to be called the concert feature, but Fantasia is it's a much better name. Yeah, I'm glad yeah. we went with Fantasia. Absolutely. So anyone who has seen this movie knows <laughs> it was very much an experimental feature, but it became a passion project for Walt while his team was working on it. And when it was released in November of 1940, it wasn't exactly a hit. Yeah. Yeah. It was a really... I feel like this movie was very much ahead of its time. It, it was ahead of its time. Um, so at the but unfortunately, you don't know that always right. when you're making something. Right. Most audiences felt that the movie was too artsy, too highbrow. They chose to stay at home. Yeah, <laughs> so that's sad. the other thing that kind of hurt Fantasia was uh, World War Two 
was going on in Europe. It hadn't come to the U.S. yet, mm -hmm. but the war happening in Europe had completely cut off the European market mm -hmm. from Disney movies. So, so yeah, that... That definitely makes an impact. It does, yeah. So you lose an entire continent yeah. that loves movies, by the way, and right. they're not going to go see it. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing that hurt the box office returns was that Disney had insisted on installing high-tech audio equipment into the theaters that were showing the movie, which made the cost skyrocket. Yeah. Because, yeah, obviously not every theater wanted to do that. No. And I see, you know, I could understand Walt's reasoning for that because this movie is music. Like, it's based on sound. So, like, I yeah. get that you would want the audience to have the full experience. But also I'm thinking, hey, man, there's a war going on and it affects the whole world. Yeah, so yeah. Not probably not the best time. Yeah. In fact, I didn't put this in my notes, Krista, but one of the websites I read about this on said that at one point, Disney also wanted to put in some machines in the theaters that would let out smells to go along with the different That is features. a very Disney thing to do. <laughs> so. I mean, I feel that in my soul simply because... <laughs> We love Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party, and every time, every time we go to it, every time Goofy comes by with his gumball machine, yeah. and Clarabelle comes by making her cinnamon whatever, it smells I'm amazing. like, how? How do they do this? How does it yeah. smell so good on a parade float? Yeah. How? Yeah. So I get that. So, yeah, so he he wanted smells to go along with it. But obviously the costs of that were just that's too much ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, here's the deal. Fantasia continued to be reissued in theaters over the years, and it did finally turn a profit in December of 1969. Bless. Better late than never, I guess. Yep. And OK, we're a very family friendly show here. So all I'll say is the movie proved popular with people who enjoyed the movie for its more psychedelic nature. Mm -hmm. And so that's part of what finally helped it turn a profit. Well, so, I mean, yeah. yeah, there it we're is. We're just going to leave it at that. We're yeah, that's all we're going to say. So the movie also enjoyed great success later on, though, through the home video market when that became a thing. And it's now become the 24th highest grossing movie in the U.S. when adjusted for inflation. That's so, crazy to me. Yeah, so it, you know, it was playing the long game, I oh, suppose. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and then, of course, um, ever since its release, it's now, in retrospect, it's looked at and considered as being a big influence in the creation of the music video industry. I can see that. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't this the movie that almost made the Walt Disney Company go bankrupt? I mean, you could say that of several movies, but okay. yes, th this movie got so expensive that yeah. they did almost go under because of it. Yeah. Um, and we'll we'll kind of revisit that. That'll be a good little lead in for the story behind Dumbo, which will be the next movie we All talk right, about. We'll so, there. yeah, we'll we'll get there. All right. So let's talk a little bit about some personal history. Krista, when did you first see Fantasia? I honestly think that this was my first time seeing all of it. 
from start to finish. I obviously remember Sorcerer Mickey. I remember watching that section. I remember a couple of these sections as a little girl, but I don't ever remember sitting down and watching the whole thing from start to finish. Mm. And I can probably understand why now as an adult (laughs) seeing it. It's not the most... um, interactive one for kids to watch. Now our family does love Fantasia 2000, which we'll get to later on down the line. Right. But yeah, this is actually, I think the first time I I watched it from start to finish. So that's a big deal for me. That's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, I, I did not realize that you didn't share that with me before. Well, surprise. Yeah, that's okay. For me, I probably first saw Fantasia all the way through when I was about Kai's age. Okay. Yeah. So so probably eight, eight, nine, Um, Now, this was before I became a full-blown movie nerd, but I guess this was planting the seeds of it that I actually enjoyed watching it all the way through. And I remember having a stint of time where I really, really enjoyed watching Fantasia. This makes so much (laughs) sense knowing you and our 12 years of marriage. Here's what I'm going to say. I think if you are a four on the Enneagram, you're going to love this movie. (laughs) Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a very, very artsy movie. It is very artsy. This is one that nowadays it would premiere in the Angelica. Like that. Yeah, no, it probably would. Um, And I remember rediscovering it later on, probably high school age. I remember having another little stint where I watched it a few times and, you know, was kind of reminded this is a bit of a brilliant movie and it's in its own way and being really fascinated with how the Disney team. So I don't know just how good of a job they did syncing up what was on the screen with music long before computers were helping the animation mm-hmm. process, right? Like that mm-hmm. in of itself is just monumental how they accomplished it. So again, if you are a four on the Enneagram, this is for you. Yeah. Now, that being said, I would not call it one of my favorites because, yeah. <laughs> it, you know, it's a special experience. It's, it is. It's, you know, one of those kind of like we said with Pinocchio that you should watch at least once just to know what it's about. But, yeah, I probably wouldn't put it in anywhere close to my top 10. And yeah. and you know, as you said, we'll get to this later, but honestly, I, I prefer Fantasia 2000. Oh, 100%. 100%. So. Now, I will say, yeah, it's definitely not one of my favorites, but it does have one of my most favorite shorts in it, and that is, you know, Sorcerer Mickey. Yeah, I Sorcerer, love, yeah. yeah, Sorcerer's Apprentice. I yeah. I just love it so much. It's so clever. It's so cute. It's so charming. And, um, yeah, I do think that this movie was ahead of its time. I do think that it shows something that Disney does really well is pairing good music with good story. I feel like the music in so much of so many of the animated Disney movies, it just it really makes the movie so great. And so I feel like this shows Walt's storytelling and pairing with music well like yeah it takes special somebody with special creativity and special brains to go (laughs) yes this song makes me think of dancing hippos this song makes me think of dinosaurs (laughs) 
it takes some special creativity for that. And a yeah. creativity that I do not possess. Is it one of my favorites? No. Yeah. But maybe it makes more sense now that we went into the history why Sorcerer's Apprentice is such a standout in the lineup because it what that originally was going to be the movie. It that, is by far like, the best part of yeah. all of Fantasia. So, so 100%. Maybe, so that gives some context then for why that is the most remembered piece from this movie, I yeah. think. Yeah, well, it's obviously the best. Yeah, but anyway, since we're already obviously pretty deep into the movie discussion, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and kind of segue into talking a little bit more about that. Lights. Camera. Action. You know what that means. It's time for us to actually talk about how we sat down and watched the movie and what kind of things that we noticed. So as we usually do, we're going to start off talking about our favorite parts of Fantasia. But of course, the Sorcerer's Apprentice is everybody's favorite part. It's everyone's favorite. Yeah, it it's is. the best. It is the best mm -hmm. part of the movie. I, I think you'd be hard pressed to find someone who disagrees with that. So we're going to do this a little bit differently than normal. And uh, Krista, let's let's kick things off by telling people what your second favorite <laughs> part of Fantasia was. So since I can't say Sorcerer's Apprentice because that's everyone's favorite, I think my... Second favorite would be Dance of the Hours. I was just laughing so hard during that scene because it's just so fun and a little bit ridiculous to see hippos and elephants and alligators dancing, but so creative. And it's just a really like fun one that puts a smile on your face. So that's definitely my second favorite. Yeah, no, totally makes sense. Uh, it's probably one of the sequences that most people recognize when they think of Fantasia. Uh, for me, probably my second favorite part of the movie is the Pastoral Symphony segment, uh, because I love Beethoven. And of course, we get to hear a lot of Beethoven in that segment. Plus, I'm a nerd for Greek mythology and that whole part of the movie is lousy with Greek stuff. But Kai, how about you? Besides The Sorcerer's Apprentice, what was your favorite segment of Fantasia? My favorite was Dance of the Hours. And why did you like Dance of the Hours? Because of the alligators. Because of the, <laughs> the alligators. alligators. <laughs> Pretty fun, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a fun part of the movie. And not yeah. a huge surprise since you love animals so yeah, much. Yeah, <laughs> you do. Okay, so what about... Maybe things about Fantasia that either surprised us or maybe if there's parts that we didn't like. Krista, what are your feelings in that area? Well, we are a dinosaur loving family and we like we celebrate Dinovember. We do all these fun dinosaur things. But I have to say. Hold on for one second. Explain Dinovember. Okay. <laughs> Well, very quickly, Dinovember is something that our family does mm -hmm. in November. And what happens in November, Kai, to I, the dinosaurs? Our dinos come to life. Our dinosaurs somehow come to life in Dinovember and they get into all this mischief around the house. So we love dinosaurs because Dinovember happens in our house every year. Yep. But as much as we love dinosaurs, I would have to say that my least favorite part of Fantasia was the dinosaur scene, which is called... 
the rite of spring. It's the also, rite of yeah, spring. It's yes. also my least favorite part. It's just so long. And it's, it's just not very entertaining. They, so I'm going to have to go with that being my least the favorite dinos, part. The dinosaurs are not detailed correctly. Oh, oh okay. okay. That's, Thank you, dinosaur expert. That's your issue with it? Yes. Okay. Yeah, well, I would say, you know, Kai, that dinosaurs should never be boring, right? And they kind of come across a, a bit dull in that part of the movie somehow. So, yeah, I have to agree. That's probably the my least favorite part um kai what what about you the night on bald mountain that oh, was your least favorite yeah why is that it was creepy it is a little creepy it is yeah it is a creepy part of the movie it That's is a true. little creepy i would agree with that yeah definitely it can be a, a spooky part of the movie and and actually, that's a that's a pretty good little warning for parents mm-hmm. who maybe you're sitting down with your families to watch these movies alongside of us is there are a couple of parts in the movie that you might want to pre-screen like Night on Bald Mountain, as Kai was just talking about, or even the Pastoral Symphony that I mentioned. There's again, there's just a couple of things in the movie that you may just want to know what's coming up before you are surprised by it. Exactly. So. So, yeah, I I think we're all kind of on the same page there. Yeah. Now, was there anything that maybe we noticed watching the movie that we had never noticed before? Krista, anything? So I had at least forgotten, maybe, or I just didn't. Yeah, I think I just didn't remember. But the soundtrack um, was so fun. I just thought that was a great visualization of sound and so I noticed that and then I just noticed that there are segments of Fantasia that show up in other Disney specials that I hadn't noticed before and so that was kind of fun to see like oh yeah that came from Fantasia so that was pretty fun Mm, yeah I noticed that there's no opening credits or end credits for the movie there's not even a the end screen at the very end of the movie. But part of that may have actually been on purpose because Walt Disney originally intended Fantasia to be an ongoing project. So it wouldn't have made sense to put the end because originally he didn't mean for it to be the end. That's true. Kai, how about you? Anything you noticed that you hadn't noticed before? I noticed that on Dance of the Hours, Um, then make in Mickey Mouse twice upon a Christmas, they're in it. That the hippos and the alligators, yeah. yes. And and the hippos come out of a big yellow box. Yeah, they come out of the <laughs> present, right? Yeah. Yeah, so you noticed that probably because Mickey's Twice Upon a Christmas has been a classic in our family all year round since you were little, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So in Mickey's Twice Upon a Christmas, there are hippos and alligators, but they're not dancing. What are they doing? Ice skating. They're ice skating. skating. Yes. (laughs) But it is very similar to what we see in Dance of the Hours. And so that was something you picked up during the movie. You were like, hey, we've seen those dancing hippos. And, and, and alligators. And they pick them up too. They do. <laughs> they, they do. P- they pick Minnie and Minnie, Mickey, I'm sorry, they pick Minnie and Daisy up in Twice Upon a Christmas, don't yeah. they? And the alligators pick up the hippos. Yes, that's yeah. true also. Yeah. Yeah. So that's we see fun. Some of the same moves happening. Okay, speaking of Dance of the Hours, we're going to get into our little game questions, okay? So, Krista, if you had to teach an animal to dance, what animal would it be? But wait. 
there's more. Oh. What style of dance would you teach that oh animal? My. Yes. Okay, well, my favorite animal is an elephant, and so I feel like it's not really right for me to say elephant since they do already show up in Dance of the Hours. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go with I would teach a giraffe. Okay how to tap dance oh. because I love tap. I used to tap myself and I just, I think giraffes are very graceful anyways, but I just think it would be really fun to see, you know, this big tall giraffe in tap shoes. That's what I would do. Okay. What about you? Um, for me, it would be a monkey and I would teach the monkey how to swing dance. Ha ha ha. Get it? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I like it. And that's a little precursor to the jungle. I was going to say, we do kind of yeah. see that happen in the jungle. <laughs> yep, that's exactly. Right. Kai, how about you? What animal would you teach to dance? A rhinoceros. A rhino. <laughs> a rhino. What, what style of dance? B-boy. B-boy. That would be really fun to see a rhino be a b-boy. I could see that. Yeah. For sure. That'd be awesome. All right. Next question. Okay, in the first Fantasia, the one that we're talking about, we have Mickey Mouse in The Sorcerer's Apprentice. He gets his own whole segment. Later on in Fantasia 2000, we have Donald Duck starring in his own segment, Pomp and Circumstance. So let's imagine for a moment that Disney is going to make a new Fantasia feature. Which classic Disney character should get their own segment next? Okay, I know that she shows up in Pomp and Circumstance, but she's not the star. So I am going to go with Daisy. Mm -hmm. I feel like Daisy gets left out a lot of times, even though she is a classic character. I just feel like she gets left out or a little bit forgotten at times. And so that girl needs her own segment. She needs her own. And I would love to see something with her doing like fashion because that's what she loves. So I'm going to go with Daisy. Yeah. She needs her own segments. Yeah, that's fair. Um, if it were me, I think I have to go with Goofy. Yeah, and maybe it would be really funny to go completely against this type and do something super serious like a Philip Glass piece. I think that could be funny. That too. would be funny. But Kai, how about you? What classic Disney character needs to be in the next Fantasia? I think it needs to be Pluto. Pluto. I love that. Why Pluto? Because... It's a dog, because Pluto's a dog, and I like dogs. That's yeah. a good thought. Especially dogs that are yellow. Yes, and yeah. Pl Pluto. <laughs> is a yellow dog. He is, and he's Mickey's best pal. It's true, that would make sense. And many. And, They're and good pals. They're good pals, true. too, that's yeah. true. All of them are. Yeah, you know, I, I can get behind that. I'd love to see Pluto get his own Fantasia piece. That would be a ton of fun. Let's go to the parks. All right, so this one might be a little bit more of a challenge. How in the world do people experience Fantasia when visiting the parks? In several ways. Please let me tell you. Oh, yes. Yeah, so I think this is one that you won't see a lot overtly, but there's definitely a lot of nods to Fantasia if you're paying attention in the parks. Um, of course, the biggest thing that I mention in almost every episode, every episode we've done so now yep. is Fantasmic, my friends. Like I say, the best show. But Fantasmic is based a lot on Fantasia, and you do see Sorcerer Mickey 
in this show and it is honestly one of my favorite things. I'm not gonna give it away because it is such a special moment. But again, Fantasmic, that's that's one of the best shows at Disney in my opinion. The next way you can experience Fantasia at the parks is you can actually right now meet Sorcerer Mickey at Hollywood Studios at Walt Disney World Resort. Super fun character meet and greet. He is decked out in his blue hat and his little, you know, red apprentice gear. Super cute, super fun, very iconic way to meet Mickey. And you see the Fantasia hat a lot around Hollywood Studios. It's a pretty, it's a pretty big part of the park. That's also where you can watch Fantasmic at Walt Disney World is at Hollywood Studios. There's a whole little stadium area for it. And so you see kind of nods to Fantasia, I think, the most there. You also might see it sometimes at like certain festivals, like there may be topiaries of it during Epcot's Flower and Garden Festival. You just kind of have to look for it. It, They're kind of, there's nods to it everywhere. There's also a Fantasia-themed pool and area of the All-Star Movie Resort at Walt Disney World. And then there's also, this is really cool and honestly something we've never done at Disney World and I want to do. There is a Fantasia Gardens and Fairways Miniature Golf. Oh. At Walt Disney World. Yeah, we got to do that. We have to do that. How do we is why not know about this? No, I knew about this. We've oh. just never taken okay. the time to do it because we spend every waking hour possible in the parks. That's true. There's so many hidden gems. Um, it's not just the parks, resorts, and other things that Disney offers. This is why I tell people we keep going back because there's constantly things, new yeah. things to experience. And this is one of them. Um, so yeah, so this is a fun, like, if I think if you have a day where maybe you're taking a break from park days, maybe you're resting in between, you've got like a resort day where you're sleeping in, maybe you're swimming at the pool, you want to do something, you know, park themes, but not actually go into the parks. This is a great family activity to do that's pretty cheap. And you can go and play mini golf together and it's Fantasia themed. You get to see the brooms, you get to see Sorcerer Mickey, super cute. And then at Disneyland's resort, there is a a Disney's Fantasia shop at the Disneyland Hotel. So lots of Fantasia merch. You see the iconic hats, the sorcerer hat. You see that a lot throughout the Disneyland Hotel. The Disneyland Hotel, there's lots and lots of nods to all the OG things that Walt has done and built upon. Um, but that's a pretty iconic part of the Disneyland hotel that you see like almost immediately walking up to it. So I feel like the Fantasia connections, some of it is just like the hidden Mickeys. Like Mm -hmm. you can find them if you're looking and you're paying attention, you can find nods to it throughout the parks. Yeah. Or you can hear the music playing over the speakers. Oh, friends, you got to see Fantasmic. Okay. This last park connection we actually did not do this one until probably about a year ago Mm -hmm. it was our november 2021 trip to walt disney world we finally did this cute adorable amazing little show called Mickey's Philhar Magic. It's also, you can do this at Disneyland in Disney California Adventure, but this was our first time to actually stop and go see it. We just had always skipped it 
It would just kept going down our priority list and we just never got to it. And we finally did it on our last day. It's our last day in the parks after a week being there. We were tired. We just decided, you know what? We've been putting this off. Let's just go do it. And oh my word, I cannot believe we waited so long to do it. It is the cutest. Okay. I love this. It's a 3D show. But, like, don't knock it. It's adorable. (laughs) It is so creative. You will laugh. Your kids will love it. It's also, like, beautifully done. So much of the classic music. But it is set up like Mickey is conducting an orchestra. Now, Donald comes in and, you know, things kind of can go awry in the Donald way, but there's lots of nods to Fantasia. There's a big one in there um, that has to do with the sorcerer hat, but I don't want to give away the whole plot because I would just rather you go and see it. Don't skip this. Don't do what we did (laughs) and skip this for too long. Like it's a quick show. Um, It very rarely has a super long wait. And so I would say like anytime, you know, maybe it's like middle of the day or something and you just need to rest or whatever, like just don't sleep on the show. Like don't skip it. It's so cute. And it's now become one of our family favorites. Like even we were recently, you know, just there. Um, at Disney World and we did it again just because even though it was a quicker trip for us like we just we loved it so much I think it's so cute time for a kid tip all right so we were just talking about Mickey's PhilharMagic so Kai do you have a tip for people who decide to go see the show yes after the show's over in the theater you should look People don't really just, like, look. They just leave. Yeah. You should look back, and you'll see something very funny, and that's going to be really hilarious. Okay, so there's a fun surprise at the end of the show, but you have to look behind you. Yes. Okay, you heard it here first, folks, from Kai for your kid tip. Woo! Hope you've had a fantastic time revisiting Fantasia with us. Come back next time when we talk about a movie starring my favorite animal. That's right, Dumbo. If you're having a magical time with us so far, we'd appreciate it if you left a review wherever you're listening to this. And we'll see you once upon another time. Magical Movie Marathon is a production of Wardrobe Media in partnership with Spoonful of Jordan. It is produced, edited, and hosted by Krista and Jonathan Jordan. Krista is an authorized travel agent for Share the Magic Travel, LLC. You can contact her through the link in our show notes or by visiting spoonfulofjordan.com travel. Jonathan is married to her. Magical Movie Marathon podcast is not affiliated, sponsored, or endorsed by the Walt Disney Corporation or its subsidiaries, nor NBC Universal or its subsidiaries, nor Warner Brothers or its subsidiaries. The views expressed are solely those of the hosts and do not reflect the opinions, standards, views, or policies of the aforementioned corporations or their subsidiaries. Any mention of Disney, NBC Universal, or Warner Brothers properties, intellectual and otherwise, is strictly for informational and educational purposes only.